You're listening to the Money Owners Podcast with Morgan Rochard. Money Owners is a podcast for people who want to be mentally and financially crushing it. This podcast does not provide investment advice and nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued to be investment advice. If you'd like more information on the podcast, the homework, coaching, and everything else Money Owners has to offer, visit www.moneyowners.com. What is happening, my fellow money owners? I'm super excited. We have a good topic today. It is all about tax planning. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> okay, maybe it's not that exciting, but um, whenever year-end stuff pops up, I like to address tax planning, honestly, earlier than this because um, it gives you a little bit more time, but December's no, there's no better time to do it than now. If you're not going to do it now, you're basically not going to get it done before it matters, which is December 31st. So typically when people think of tax time, they think of April 15th and um, they don't do anything really to help themselves during the calendar year um, of whatever they're filing. And then they turn around to their accountant and they're like, okay, here's all my stuff. What can I do to save taxes? And then your accountant's like, well, you can put into an IRA. <laughs> um, that's about it. Sorry. Uh, you know, maybe next year we can work out something better. But what then what happens next year is because accountants tend to be pretty transactional and they're backwards looking and not forwards looking. If you don't check in with them early or you're not, you know, on their list of important people to check in with to do tax planning, then you're not really going to get it done in time. So um, that's what this episode is going to be about. Before we hop in, I appreciate your patience as usual. Um, things are insane around here. Uh, <laughs> I'm very pregnant. Um, yep. Pretty, very pregnant at this point. Um, with a baby due at the end of January. So I'm going to do my best. I want to try my hardest to get, um, to episode 50 before little baby girl gets here. I'm going to do my best, but you know, um, I really appreciate your patience with me. So thank you. I'm like making a, um, sign like you all can see me. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just like kind of the usual stuff. So I mean, you're in tax planning is something that I do in my my practice. Um, so it tends to be a busy time here as well. And um, I also happen to take on three new clients. <laughs> Woo-hoo! So that's exciting too. So yeah, anyways, not really your problem. But what is your problem is you're in tax planning. So there's a couple of things that I wanted to dive into here. And the first one is um, charitable deductions. So one of the things that they changed this year, I believe with the CARES Act, actually, was um, in when in 2018, when Trump put out his tax law, um, he increased the standard deduction and he increased it. I think it was like $6,000 at the time and he increased it to $12,000. Now for 2020, if you're a single person, you get $12,400, so double. And if you're married, it's $24,800. And so charities were like, what the heck, man? Um, People aren't donating anymore because they can't, they're not itemizing. (laughs) And so what they did was in the CARES Act, they put in a little $300 um, below the line, basically, deduction. So no matter what whether you itemize or you don't itemize, if you're just taking the standard deduction, you can still make that $300 donation and have it be fully tax deductible. So that is something to consider if you were going to donate anyways. Um, if you weren't going to donate, then, you know, I don't know to tell you. Don't make use of it, I guess. That's something to consider. The thing about it though, right, is 
<laughs> if so, let's say, you, I mean, charity is one of these things where if you're actually going to donate quite a bit, um, then it might be worth it to you to actually donate and take, take real deductions. Um, but that said, you do need to be itemizing. So um, if you're not itemizing, that's where the $300 comes into play. If you are itemizing, right, let's say you have a bunch of mortgage interest that you can deduct um, and you have um, property taxes also that you can deduct. And there are a bunch of things that bring you over the standard deduction, which then if you were to go and donate more than, you know, or you donate $300 or you donate more than $300, it'll actually affect your taxes a little bit more. All that stuff has to get done before the end of the year. People tend to like to give around December because it's like a festive time of year. So I would say if that's you, then go for it. Um, if that's not you, then, you know, whatever. It's not you. Uh, <laughs> the next thing to consider is that you need to be looking at your pay stubs. So um, it's a little bit late in the year to be doing it, but I like to generally be doing this this task a little bit earlier, but it's still you still have time. So if you are a W-2 employee, um, you need to, you know, look at your withholdings and make sure you're either withholding enough for taxes that you won't incur a penalty from the IRS or that you're not withholding too much that you end up with such a large tax refund. Isn't it nicer if you know that you've been withholding too much to get the cash now so you can save a little bit extra, maybe invest it, maybe spend some of it on gifts for your family. Um, all around, I think it's the best thing. So, and vice versa, right? Isn't it better to, to withhold a little bit more now and then pay a little bit more in later when you file your taxes on April 15th, rather than being totally surprised and shocked by a large bill and also potentially paying penalties. So the thing to keep in mind, something we've mentioned on this podcast before, but something I want to reiterate is that you either need to pay in 90% of what you owe for 2020, or you need to pay in 110% of what you owed last year um, in order to be considered quote unquote safe harbored. So the IRS basically will inflict penalties on you if you only pay in 85% um, and you didn't also pay in 110% of last year's. Um, they like doing that. <laughs> and they're really good at easy and calculating it. So and it's kind of one of those things that you can't really get around. So I would suggest highly suggest looking at your pay stubs, your last pay stub to be specific, and then go onto a website like smart asset and um, make sure that you're at least somewhere in line of where you should be paying. Um, or what you can also do is look at last year's tax return for 2019 and see what you paid in, calculate 110% and see if you're actually paying that in um, to date this year. So those would be good ways to, you know, reverse penalties. Same thing though, if you're paying in too much, you can compare it on Smart Assets website. We can link to it in the show notes. Um, and then you can lower um, you can lower the amount that you're paying in through the end of the year. That way you have a little bit more money in your pocket. You don't have to wait until April 15th to get that. I mean, honestly, I don't know anybody who actually gets it on April 15th, but um, you don't have to wait until the IRS gets around to sending you your money back, right? So all things to consider when you're filing. Um, something we've mentioned on some of the retirement podcasts, um, but I'll reiterate here because it is a tax planning tool is maxing out retirement accounts when it makes sense for your personal situation. So a lot of what we talk about on this podcast, right, is living your most fulfilled life, knowing what that is, answering questions that get you to a point where you know what you want and then therefore can light the fire to go after it. So 
if retirement is really high on your list and you don't have other goals that you need to fund or you make enough money where fully funding your retirement account isn't really a hardship for you and you're paying a high income tax bracket, in which case it does make sense to try to fully fund your retirement account to reduce your tax burden, then I would say it makes 100% sense to try to max out your retirement account. Um, You should also check, though, to see what your plan offers. So there is basically the rule right now is that the maximum you can contribute to a retirement account, if it's like a 401k or something like that, just a standard retirement 401k type account, is um, $19,500. However, um, the IRS does allow you to contribute up to, I think it's either $56,000 or $57,000 for 2020. Um, Sorry, they keep increasing it. So hard to keep track of, but somewhere around there. If your plan, like in the plan documents, actually allows you to contribute extra into the plan, which some of them do, then you might be missing out. So if you're a highly compensated employee um, and you think you're doing the right thing because you're just putting in the $19,500 and you're maxing it out, quote unquote, if you haven't read your documents, then you don't really know whether or not you're eligible for for additional in-service contributions. Um, that would only be in your plan documents. It's something you could also reach out to your HR about um, at the very least to get the plan documents or have them walk you through what's in those plan documents. That way you can make a larger contribution if it makes sense given your personal financial situation and the goals that you want to achieve and everything else. So it's not entirely about taxes when you're considering the extra contribution. Um, The other thing is if you're a business owner, right, if you're a business owner, then um, you have a lot more options available to you because you can design your own retirement plan or you can use something like a SEP IRA. I don't like those that much, but you can, in which case you would have the ability to contribute the max depending on what your income was. So these are things to consider as well. And actually, I wanted to go back to the previous um, point that I was making about pay stubs. So if you're a business owner, it's the same thing with your... um, with your quarterly tax estimates or however it is that you're paying into taxes. So you, again, as a business owner, either have to pay in 90% of what you owe this year or 110% of what you paid in last year to be quote unquote safe harbored. Um, And you should really be checking what what you're paying in on a quarterly basis to make sure. I imagine if you're working with an accountant um, (laughs) that they calculated that for you, I would hope. Um, If you're doing it on your own, though, now's a great time to check because you can always pay in a little bit more um, before the end of the year. That way you don't get hit with penalties. Um, Okay, great. So back to maxing out retirement plans. Um, There's also HSAs. So if you have a high deductible um, health insurance plan, you can put money into an HSA. Um, and that would also be deductible for you. Uh, if you're young and healthy, um, this tends to be a good option to go down because for two reasons, one premiums are lower, so you're not paying as much into a plan that you don't really need or use. And two, you can also get the deduction on the HSA. And if you have it through a family, like if you're a family plan, you get to deduct more, you can put more into that plan. The thing that's kind of cool about the HSA account is that they, um, you can use them for health expenses. You can also not use it for health expenses. You can just pay out of pocket um, and then eventually use that as basically a retirement account later on. Um, so it would add to basically deductible retirement account contributions. Um, anything that you use for health-related expenses would be 100% tax-free. So it gets deductible on the way in. It grows tax-free and then you pull it out and it's completely tax-free if it's used for health expenses. 
Um, if you take it out before 59 and a half, you get a penalty. So don't do that. Um, and it's not used for health expenses. If you take it out before 59 and a half and it is used for health expenses, then there's no penalty. <laughs> um, but yeah, 59 and a half, it's basically, a, it's a retirement account. So that's kind of a nice thing. If, um, another option for you, if you wanted to put away some extra money and that was something that was important to you. Um, the other thing I would say about HSA is the thing I actually like the most about them is this. So in good times, you can keep putting money into it. And if you have minimal health expenses, you pay your health expenses out of pocket. All of a sudden you come on bad times. I don't know. Maybe you've had your HSA for 10, 15 years at this point. You can now, as long as you saved receipts, go back and have your HSA fund you for the last 10 to 15 years of expenses, provided that you had receipts and everything else. So it doesn't have to be calendar year. It's not like the FSA where you put it in, you use it, you lose it. Um, It's one of those things where you keep it around for a while and you can retroactively pay for expenses. So let's say I created my HSA today in 2020. um, And then in 2035, my business had a really horrible year and um, I had saved all my receipts (laughs) and we were having trouble putting food on our table. I could then go and reimburse myself for, um, you know, anything that occurred between the year 2020 and 2035 um, to get money out of my HSA without penalty as long as it was for health expenses. So um, that's kind of the cool thing. I would say if you do have a health savings account, then what you should do is start a little file, digital file on your computer, scan all those receipts. At the very least, just take a picture of it. It's so easy. Literally take a picture of it and send it to yourself and put it in that folder That's all you have to do. And hopefully you never need it. But if you do need it, then you have it. (laughs) And everything's great. Um, The other thing you would want to do is save your EOBs, the explanation of benefits. So there's unfortunately an extra step, but definitely save save the receipts. Um, If you also are really good about saving the EOBs at the time that it happens, um, especially because people switch healthcare providers, they, these portals, they like delete things and stuff. So I would also save those as well. It takes like, you know, three minutes for you to log in, get the EOB, download it, put it in that folder. And then you are basically set, you know, for however long you have that HSA open. So, um, I love those accounts. I think they're great for tax planning. I think they're also great for saving money on premiums. Um, and yeah, I'll leave it at that. Okay. So, um, the other thing to keep in mind uh, for if you're a business owner is um, so the 2018 tax act that Trump did that we've, we've sort of talked about already. Um, and also, I think I did a whole podcast on that. So you might want to go back and, and listen to it. But um, there were they basically what they did is they said that if you've net operating losses in your business in the year 2018 or later, you're no longer allowed to carry them back. So prior to the rule, you're able to carry them back and use them to offset previous year's income. Um, and you're now only allowed to offset 80% of the loss in the year. So let's say, I don't know, you took a hundred thousand dollar loss. You would be able to use $80,000 of that loss, um, to offset income. So a good example of this is, let's say in that same example, a hundred thousand dollars. Um, you also decided to take capital gains that year because you, um, knew you were having a bad year in your business. You would be able to offset $80,000 worth of capital gains with your hundred thousand dollar loss in your business. Um, the cares act, however, because coronavirus and, uh, trying times right now (laughs) allows you actually to carry back losses five years. Um, and get back some of the money from previous years. And you have to do them in sequential order. So basically, you use the loss. So let you had a bad year because of coronavirus or whatever. You just had a bad year. I don't know. Um, you use the loss this year to offset income taxes from 2019 um, and then 2018 and 2017 and so on until you're out of the loss basically for the last five years. So 
Um, that's a great tool if you're a business owner, because I mean, it's basically like a tax credit to you. Um, and something that they have basically gotten rid of in the tax law. And honestly, with Biden coming into office, I don't see them undoing that one. So I guess take advantage of it this year if you can, if you had a bad year. Um, and if you didn't have a bad year, then, you know, good for you. If you didn't have a bad year, pay your taxes. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, <laughs> you can also claim disaster losses if you were affected by COVID. So um, you can actually claim disaster losses in general. I remember in um, 2000, I think it was 2012 was Hurricane Sandy. And I was working in New York and we had a lot of clients that had a lot of damage to their homes and properties and other things. And we and some of our clients, we help them take losses. Um, which then led to all sorts of opportunities where like they were able to do Roth conversions and they <laughs> were able to take capital gains off the table and they were also do, able to do all these fun things. So um, that's something to consider if you really did suffer a loss this year. Um, use it to your advantage. Take the loss, um, but then also see where income lies after the loss and see what else you can do. Because let's say you have a lot of money in a large retirement plan um, or you have a lot of money tied up in, let's say, I don't know, a single stock name that you were gifted when you were younger, I don't know, in your UTMA account, it's just like blown up. Um, you bought, I don't know, at one share of Apple and now you have like 45 shares of Apple <laughs> and you want to sell it. Like it's a great year to do it, right? Because you were taking losses um, from your disaster or you have money in a retirement account that you can you can convert over to a Roth at minimal taxes um, that will save you money in the long run, especially if you're younger. I mean, the earlier you can do that, the more time it has to grow and then um, everything else that goes along with that. So there are other tax planning items that happen from being able to take losses. Um, so like with the net operating losses that we just discussed, it's the same thing. Um, if you have net operating losses, it creates all sorts of opportunities for Roth conversions or um, claiming, you know, uh, being able to take capital gains and everything else, whatever really you need. Um, the thing that's cool also about that is generally when you have a bad year, you, you usually need to raise some cash <laughs> to pay for things. So um, if you do have capital gains, it's a great time. I had a bad year in my business. I get to offset some of that income. And I also get to um, take capital gains off the table, potentially for free, um, and not have to pay anything maybe other than state tax, depending on your state tax rules, but definitely not federal tax. Um, and that's an opportunity that you won't get very often. So these are things that you want to be looking at right now. <laughs> definitely not after January. Um, and then the last thing is tax loss harvesting. So um, unfortunately, this is probably not something you can do right now, but it's something that you want to be thinking about when you do have losses on positions. Um, unless maybe you're in like a bunch of small value, in which case you probably still have some losses that you can take off the table. Um, but the IRS does let you deduct $3,000 a year in losses. Um, the other thing that they let you do is they let you carry them forward. So let's say you take $40,000 in investment losses. Yeah, you get to use $3,000 this year, but you carry forward their remaining $37,000. So um, that's a nice thing to have if, let's say, in the future you end up having gains. Now you have this nice $37,000 loss that you can use to offset those gains in the future and thereby pay less taxes. So um, it's something that we do for clients in-house all the time. We're constantly looking for tax loss harvesting opportunities. Um, and it's nice because like, it's like the only time that you get to be excited about taking losses is when you know that you can use them in the future. <laughs> Um, and yeah, it like feels really good. You're like, great, I have all these losses that now I'm going to be able to use to offset income later. Um, that's like one of my favorite things in the whole world, especially because like these times are so short lived with these losses, right? Especially if you hold a diversified portfolio, like we've talked about, if you really are diversified and you're not holding one thing that could go to zero as opposed to, you know, lots of things that 
could potentially, you know, have gains over a long period of time, um, then yeah, it's not so bad in March of 2020 to take some losses, um, swap into something that's very similar and then ride the gains up. Um, yeah. All right. I'm going to leave it at that. Tax loss averaging is great. It's my favorite thing in the whole world. You should do it. Um, (laughs) the last thing I wanted to talk about is like how hard tax planning is specifically because of, um, the election. So one of the things is the, so we don't really know what's going on with the Senate yet. (laughs) I think is is like the big deal. Um, and the Senate, while um, I mean, it can go either way, obviously, and I'm not going to speculate on whether or not the Senate turns Democratic or it turns or if it stays Republican. Um, but if it does turn Democratic and Biden and Kamala Harris are in office, then obviously they're going to have a much easier time pushing things through than they otherwise would have if they control everything. So um this is one of these years where you're kind of thinking to yourself, hmm, should I be doing stuff before year end because laws might be able to might be changing um, or should I not? And it's up in the air, I think, because of the Senate seat. Um, if the Senate does stay Republican, then I say it's probably not as big of a deal um, because things will probably stay a little bit more status quo. They won't be able to move so many things through. Um, but Biden has been pretty vocal about his tax plan. Um And I was actually kind of shocked that he released this before the election, (laughs) that he was going to raise a bunch of taxes on people. But he did say before the election that he was going to raise taxes on y'all. So um, I'm not sure why anyone is surprised. Um, The one thing, though, that he's been pretty vocal about lately is proposing a raise in the capital gains tax rate on the highest highest income earning taxpayers from 20% to almost 40%. Um, In which case... (laughs) Um, you know, if that's you and it might not even normally be you, right. It might be you in a special situation, like where you sell a business that you have owned for 40 years, um, and you make some money on it and it puts you into the highest tax bracket. And now instead of paying 20% gains on that business, plus the net investment income tax, you're paying almost 40%, uh, looks pretty different. So, Um, I hate to have people plan ahead in situations like this, especially because the Senate seat is still up in the air, but it's one of those things where if you're going to retire, let's say in March (laughs) of 2021, maybe it makes sense to retire now and just get your sale of your business over with. Um, that's that it might be difficult for you to get all that in place between now and the end of the year. So, um, understandable, but something to think about for sure. Um, Biden also was talking about capping itemized deductions on charitable contributions. So, um, currently you can, um, deduct up to 37% of your income with charitable contributions. Um, they want to lower that to 28%. Um, you, if you were going to give anyways, then I would say it's, it's a good year to do it. Um, you might as well do it this year when you know for sure that you can take advantage of it. If not, then, you know, you can wait. I I would say though, on, on the charity stuff, like, there's a lot of like lobbyist groups and other things that are <laughs> that are probably going to make this one a little bit more difficult to push through as opposed to like the capital gains rate. Um, I think if the Senate does turn democratic, so um, that's something to consider for sure too. And then there's the last thing that he's been talking about is the estate tax. Um, and he's been talking about lowering that to 3.5 million from the current 11 and a half million dollar, um, exemption that it's currently set at. So it's really set quite high. And I think the highest that's been in, in a really long time, if ever, I don't actually know the, um, the history of estate tax is unfortunately, but, um, 
I don't know. It's not one of those things though, where you're like, okay, I can, I'm going to die this year instead of next year. <laughs> Although people were saying that about George Steinbrenner when the whole state taxing happened anyways. Um, but you can gift things and take advantage of your um, exclusion ratio this year. So um, it's something to consider if your estate is that high and you're worried about it going, you know, that the estate tax exemption is going to be significantly cut. Um, I mean, there's trust planning and other things that, that always end up coming up after this stuff happens. So I would say you could, you can wait and roll the dice. Um, but that is definitely something to consider. And, um, yeah, I would say of all the years, this is probably the hardest year to do that kind of tax planning just because, yeah, we don't really know, unfortunately. So, um, I wish I had better news for you there. Um, but the same stuff still applies. I mean, take what you can this year. You might as well. Um, and you know, we'll wait and see what happens in the future. And hopefully he doesn't change too much on retirement accounts. Cause, um, I was hearing all sorts of things, but I'm not going to speculate right now. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, all right. So with that, um, that's this week's episode of money owners. Sorry. I feel like I talked really fast. So uh, if you have questions on all this stuff, just let me know. Um, I'm hoping to have Pierre Rochard, my husband, come on as a guest. Um, on the next podcast, I actually thought it was going to be this one. And then we get, honestly, it's just been like crazy around here. So forgive him, forgive me. Um, but there will be a Bitcoin episode. I promise you <laughs> it is coming. I know I've been talking about it for a while now, but it is coming. Um, and it's going to be awesome. Um, so one of the things that he and I talked about was that, um, we did this Bitcoin for advisors event and we did it to, we were like in a breakout session together and it was super fun. And we were like, it's kind of stupid that it only got offered to advisors. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so the thought in my head was like, why shouldn't this be public? Um, so we were going to do a reboot of that and also just make it even more fun because we were limited to like 20 minutes of content. Um, and the two of us can probably talk about this stuff for hours and hours and hours, but we will spare you that. Um, so I'll leave it at that. And, um, yeah, if you like the show, tell a friend, write a review, um, buy my book. My book is out. I'm still recording the audiobook. Um, one of the reasons why this was delayed was because <laughs> we thought I might have, I might have had COVID. My mom was actually freaking out that I had COVID. Um, and you know, pregnant and COVID and all that stuff is obviously not fun, but, um, I didn't have COVID, but, uh, <laughs> we picked up a cold and, um, when you go online and you search the symptoms of COVID, like they're like every symptom has is COVID. Right. So, um, and then of course, like I got sick, like the day before Thanksgiving. So everyone who wanted to get tested before they went to go see their like parents and grandparents and everybody else for their actual holiday had taken all the slots at the, um, the rapid testing center. And so I was like, all right, whatever, I'll just like send away for the, you know, the home test. So sent away for the at home test, but because of Thanksgiving, it didn't really get there. And then it couldn't get it back. It was like a whole thing. And then finally I was just like, ugh, whatever. And I went and got rapid tested. Um, and honestly, <laughs> either we're in a pandemic or we're not right. Like, I mean, I don't really know. I, I get that it's holiday, but it's also just like, is this important or is it not important? Um, anyways, neither here nor there. I don't have COVID. I'm fine now, but I had to put a pause on my, um, audio recording of my book because I sounded so bad and nasal and I couldn't really breathe that well, um, through my nose. So I couldn't say anything. Same thing on this podcast. You didn't really want me recording when I was like that. So, um, I feel like already when you're talking to yourself, it's, it's hard enough to be breathing, um, and not sounding like you're wheezing all the time. And especially like as pregnant as I am. So, um, I appreciate you always bearing with me. Um, and thank you for listening to that story. <laughs> and yeah, so anyways, that's a long way of telling you to buy my book. Um, I've been getting really good feedback on it and I really appreciate all the support. So thank you. 
And um, I will hopefully talk to you all in two or three weeks. If I don't check in before the holidays, I wish you all a very, very lovely holiday season. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Money Owners Podcast. As a reminder, Money Owners LLC does not provide investment advice. It is also not a tax advisor, and Morgan Rochard does not provide tax advice or tax preparation. Money Owners LLC is also not a law firm, and Morgan Rochard is not an attorney. Thanks for listening, and we hope you will tune in again for our next show.